Broadcasting from Boston, Massachusetts, the Smart Cities podcast is the only podcast dedicated to all things smart cities. The podcast is the creation of ARC Advisory Group's Smart City Practice. ARC advises leading companies, municipalities, and governments on technology trends and market dynamics that affect their business and quality of life in their cities. To engage further, please like and share our podcast or reach out directly on Twitter at Smart City Viewpoints or on our website at www.arcweb.com backslash industries backslash smart dash cities. Welcome to the ARC Smart Cities podcast. I'm Jim Frazier, Vice President of Smart Cities here at ARC. And today we'll be discussing a recently released ARC study on the subject of cybersecurity for intelligent buildings. To discuss this interesting study, today I've invited the author, Larry O'Brien, here to join us today. Welcome, Larry. Hi, Jim. How are you? I'm very well. And also with us today is ARC's lead transportation analyst, Edward Fiddler. Hello, Eddie. Hey, Jim. Hey, Larry. Hey, well, let's let's kick it off. So, Larry, can you tell us a little bit about your recently comp- completed study on cybersecurity for intelligent buildings? Yeah, so um, intelligent buildings are very often the subject of cyber attacks. Um, that was one of the reasons that we did this study. Um, the example that I always like to use is the target hack that happened, uh, I think, probably about seven years ago now, where uh, a threat actor actually gained access to target stores through a third-party HVAC contractor. Um, that was working with Target to monitor several of the systems they had installed at Target stores. So the um, this was an OT-level attack, and I, I just want to mention that this study is OT-level cybersecurity expenditures for smart buildings. Um, so they got in through this third party into the building automation system because this third-party contractor was remotely monitoring the building automation systems. And then once they got in through the OT level in the building automation system, they were able to move laterally through the system at Target um, and gain access to credit card information for, you know, basically millions of customers. Um, So a lot of these types of attacks are actually initiated at the intelligent building level, you know, at the OT level through these building automation systems. And there's lots of different kinds of these systems. I can get into that a little bit more later. Um, But the reason we did this study was because we feel it's a very important segment. Um, Nobody's really covering it right now. Um, I I don't mean to, uh, you know, bang my own drum here or or ARC's drum, but, you know, I don't think anybody else is doing a study that just looks at this OT segment for cybersecurity for intelligent buildings and their related systems. So we, we feel it's quite important. And what we've done here in this study is basically quantify uh, the market and how, how big it is and who are the different players and what are the different types of products and uh, applications and so forth. Well, thank, thanks, Larry. Before we go into, into the vendors, um, I know Eddie has a few questions in, in that uh, area, but when we talk about cybersecurity in a building, can you go through the range of systems that uh, should be um, should be uh, evaluated for cybersecurity um uh, security proofing? Yeah, so there's three primary buckets that we use to define the, the providers of these solutions in this study. Um, there's the building automation system suppliers, right? Um, 
And these are, you know, the, the big companies that sell all the types of building automation systems. And I'll get into that a little bit more later, too. Um, there's OT level cybersecurity suppliers. Uh, and we have um, five different segments that we categorize these OT cybersecurity suppliers into. And these can be companies that make things like, you know, uh, industrial firewalls or, you know, uh, threat detection and response solutions or, you know, in any one of these different five categories of, of specific cybersecurity uh, applications and services. And then we have third party service providers. Um, and these are the companies that, like it says, they do services, they do things like site evaluation uh, project planning, engineering, installation, and things of that nature. So th those are the three uh, primary buckets that we, you know, split the uh, uh, different players into. Um, when you look at building automation systems, um, there's probably about a dozen, you know, different subsegments at, at least. There's there's a lot of different systems when you look at the built environment. Uh, we follow most of those at ARC. We, in other words, we do studies on those already and have done them for a while. So we look at HVAC systems. Uh, we look at energy management systems, um, access control systems, fire systems, uh, video surveillance systems, lighting control systems, uh, and also elevator control systems. So that's a pretty... When you talk about building automation systems, in other words, it's not just, you know, one group of systems. It's a lot of different systems and a lot of different applications. Um, and we have we have a good understanding of what those systems are and who the players are. Um, so that's building automation systems. And then within um, OT level cybersecurity suppliers, we divide, like I said before, we divide that up into five subsegments. Um, we have the services business, which I already mentioned. Um, we also have um, cybersecurity management solutions, uh, which is kind of a big bucket that includes things like uh, asset inventory solutions, um, you know, uh, scheduling and planning, a, a whole big bucket of management solutions. We have endpoint uh, protection solutions, uh, which are things like antivirus, you know, the things that you would normally think of um, as a, you know, as a quote unquote cybersecurity solution. We have network uh, security solutions, and that includes things like deep packet inspection, firewalls, and things like that. And then we have threat detection and response solutions. And then these are products that uh, perform a variety of functions, but they will typically, you know, take an inventory of what you have at the OT level, and then monitor uh, your assets and your networks for any kind of unusual activity, uh, anomalous activity, and then. Uh, you know, some of these uh, solutions will also help you respond uh, to any threats that might come in. So, so Larry, let's look at um, a slightly bigger picture here. Uh, of all of those subsystems you mentioned, they they all uh, today run on an IoT network, um, and and any yeah. any any one of those could really be a point of entry for uh, a bad actor. Um, uh, and and certainly while we're talking about cybersecurity for intelligent buildings today, buildings are part of a, uh, often a larger network for a smart city. Um, why is cybersecurity for buildings important to the smart cities of today? And maybe you can illustrate this with some, some examples about uh, recent uh, public agency uh, challenges with cybersecurity. Well, I think the most important thing is that buildings uh, house people, Right. Um, so a lot of what happens in building automation systems has a direct relationship to human health and safety. 
Um, you don't want to be in a building when the, uh, you know, fire alarm system doesn't work or, you know, the elevator system gets jammed up or, you know, somebody starts wreaking havoc with the climate control system, for example. So, you know, these are these are what we regard as systems that are critical to human health and safety. Uh, that's what makes them so important. Um, and the subject of cybersecurity is practically ignored when you look at these systems, right? Um, not a lot of people, you know, have a strong, you know, if you go to some of the vendors out there, they don't always have a strong cybersecurity message. The end users and owner operators don't always understand, you know, what to look for in terms of cybersecurity, either in existing products or if you're out shopping around for cybersecurity specific products like those five categories I mentioned earlier. Um, so really, I think a big part of this study is to just give people uh, a basic understanding of what's available out there, you know, and who offers what um, and what to look for to make sure, you know, to ensure that your systems are secure. And we also provide some advice on, uh, on what we put into context as our cybersecurity maturity model. Right. So if, if you're just getting started on a cybersecurity program, you know, what should you start with? Uh, what does a really mature and advanced cybersecurity organization look like and what should you be doing and what types of products and solutions should you be investing in at each level of, you know, of sort of the maturity curve? So in a lot of ways, this is kind of a cybersecurity 101 kind of a study uh, for both, you know, suppliers and vendors and, and, and users and owner operators um, just to try and get the lay of the land and find out, you know, who are the major players and, and what products should you look for, you know, what's important and what's not. Oh, Larry, thanks. That's been, that's been fascinating. Uh, at this point, uh, I'm going to turn it over to Eddie, who has a few questions about the study itself. Uh, Eddie, go ahead. Great. Hey, Larry. Hi, Eddie. Um, so you just mentioned a few reasons um, or a few benefits of the study for customers. Uh, I'm wondering if you could drill down a little bit on what that means for an end user of these solutions. So if I'm an end user, what can I learn from this study? So if you're an end user, um, like I said before, you'll learn what the all the categories of all the different cybersecurity products out there at the OT level. Um, so I just want to mention again that this is an OT-focused study, right? We focus on the systems in the operating environment of the built environment. Uh, so it's not IT level stuff. It's not what's happening, you know, up in your corporate networks and, and things like that. This is really, we focus on the stuff that keeps the buildings going. Um, and it's a little bit of a different world from what you find at the IT level. Um, yes, the two worlds are converging. You know, we, the industry talks a lot about ITOT convergence and, you know, the Internet of Things and, and you know, digitization are, are making a lot of these technologies very similar. Um, but, you know, you also have to take into account the large install base of legacy products and systems that are out there. Um, many of these are, you know, 20 or 30 years old. So in some ways, the OT segment has a lot more challenges in that they have to deal with this more diverse and heterogeneous install base of controls can make things a little more complicated. Um, so you, you'll get an idea of, you know, of the OT specific landscape um, and who's out there. Uh, we do market forecasting. Uh, so you have our projections of how fast the market is going to grow. Um, you know, where is the market strongest in terms of geographic regions? Um, we break it down by type of supplier. So, you know, we mentioned the um, uh, cybersecurity specific suppliers, the building automation suppliers and the um, 
third-party service providers. So we look at each one of those segments separately um, and forecast their growth. Um, we also look at hardware, software, and services because this isn't just a pure you know, software play. There's a significant amount of services uh, and also hardware uh, involved. Uh, so we split it up by, by that segment as well. Um, and we also include some strategies uh, for both end users, owner operators, and suppliers or vendors. Okay, so I'm curious, what companies are active in this space right now? So again, it's a diverse range of companies. Uh, when you look at the OT level cybersecurity suppliers, uh, it's many different product segments. But you know, we're it's a whole. Uh, if, if I were to include a slide that had all the OT level cybersecurity suppliers, there'd be hundreds of them, right? But we're talking names like. Uh, uh, Dragos, uh, Forescout, Nozomi, Owl, Cyber Defense, PAS, you know, all, all these different types of systems in the OT cybersecurity segment. Uh, Fortinet, you know, there, there's just dozens and dozens of companies. Um, you have the larger established suppliers uh, from the building automation systems uh, market. And those include companies that, you know, a lot of people uh, are, are probably in the building automation sector are probably more familiar with like Honeywell and Johnson Controls and Schneider and Siemens and Asbil. And then on the uh, service provider side, uh, it's the big service providers. So that's companies like Capgemini and uh, EY and, and Lidos and, and Accenture and what have you. Just just some examples of, of different companies in each one of those segments. Okay. Okay. So as we reach the end here, um, maybe you could just summarize by diving a little bit deeper into um, what a reader of this study can can take away from it and what they can learn. So Yeah, like I said, this is kind of a cybersecurity 101 if you're in the OT segment for intelligent buildings uh, and you want to get a grasp of what's out there, um, who some of the major players are, uh, you know, what products and, and solutions they offer. Um, everybody's got their own strengths and weaknesses. So when you look at OT cybersecurity suppliers and the building automation suppliers and the service providers, you know, they all specialize in certain things. Um, some of them tend to do some things better than others. So you get a, you get kind of a better understanding of who can do what, um, what's out there. Um, and also some more stuff that's maybe more on the, um, qualitative side, you know, versus the quantitative side. So like I mentioned before, uh, you know, how do I start a cybersecurity program? You know, uh, what does the uh, maturity curve for having a good cybersecurity organization look like? You know, what are some of the things that I should be doing? Um, what are some of the standards and best practices that I should follow? Uh, we have a section on that, too, which I haven't mentioned yet. So, you know, we look at some of the leading industry standards and um, also what to look for uh, in terms of products. Um you know, what, what features and functions to look for. Um, we do offer selection guides through ARC, um, and those tend to focus more on specific product areas, and they will tell you, you know, line item selection criteria to look for. You know, so for example, if I'm in the market for a threat detection and response solutions, you know, what are some of the um, features and stuff that I should look for in that marketplace and, and line item selection criteria? Um, this study here is more of an overall kind of, you know, like I said, kind of a primer, you know, for cybersecurity and intelligent buildings and just to get a, you know, a good lay of the land and, and who's out there and what's happening and how fast the market is growing and, and how big it is. 
Okay. Okay. So how can one learn more about the study? So if you want to learn more about the study, uh, you can email me. Uh, it's L-O-B-R-I-E-N, L-O-B-R-I-E-N, at arcweb, A-R-C-W-E-B.com. Uh, you can also go to our website at www.arcweb.com. Okay, great. So we're we're just about out of time here. Um, is there any last uh, thing you want to close with or, or add? Uh, only that if you are an end user in this segment, uh, cybersecurity is something that you should really be strongly considering, um, especially now, you know, in this age of COVID-19 and you know, uh, we, there's a lot of challenges in terms of, you know, getting people to remotely monitor uh, buildings. Um, that was actually one of the big uh, initial um, factors, you know, that, that sort of played into creating the study actually was there was so much activity uh, in remote monitoring of intelligent buildings uh, that cybersecurity uh, is obviously becoming even more of a concern than it was before. Um, so we, we see a lot of uh for example, large private equity holders that have entire fleets of buildings that want to use this IoT technology now to monitor, you know, large numbers of buildings all, all at once uh, so they can be more energy efficient and, and safer and so forth. Um, and now I think with what's happening with COVID-19 is there's going to be even more of a push. You know, there is even more of a push to do this kind of remote monitoring uh, and remote operations of buildings. So cybersecurity is going to be even more important. So uh, if you uh, have not um, started building a good cybersecurity program for your built environment, uh, now is definitely the time to start. Uh, we, we do see a lot of people that are actually accelerating their digital transformation programs as a result of COVID-19 and, and the worker challenges that they have. Um, you know, so they want to do more things remotely, but you have to do that securely, too. And I think this is a good place to start. Wow, that's great, Larry. Thank you. Thank you very much for uh, joining us today. And Eddie, thank you for your uh, insightful questions. And to all of our listeners out there, thank you again for joining us on another episode of the Smart City Podcast. We're all looking forward to seeing you again online soon. Take care and have a great afternoon. Broadcasting from Boston, Massachusetts, the Smart Cities Podcast is the only podcast dedicated to all things smart cities. The podcast is the creation of ARC Advisory Group's Smart City Practice. ARC advises leading companies, municipalities, and governments on technology trends and market dynamics that affect their business and quality of life in their cities. To engage further, please like and share our podcast or reach out directly on Twitter at Smart City Viewpoints or on our website at www.arcweb.com backslash industries backslash smart dash cities.